0: Hello everyone, and welcome to the Comexis Cast Daily for Monday, September eighteenth, two thousand seventeen. All the news you need to know from our inbox to yours. I'm Matthew McGrody, the videographer and podcaster here at Comexis, and today I am joined by the lead strategist here at Comexis, Philip Brooks. Good morning. So our first story today, Google has some, I guess, announcements about SEO changes.
1: Well, uh, this so this article is is by Jennifer Slag uh, on the SEM SEM Post, uh, and, and she, she you know she's a pretty well-known name in the industry as far as uh, journalism goes with, with marketing and SEO in general. But she had the opportunity to speak with Gary Ilyas from Google uh, at the Brighton SEO conference last week. And the thing that she really took away from, which, which I thought was a really interesting concept, Google's frequently updating the algorithm. We all know that changes are being rolled out daily. We never know the extent to which those changes are being made or how large they are, but based on the cadence, you know, through which these are being updated, how much of uh, as an SEO or a marketing company are we expected to be able to not only react to these, but react properly? And Gary had an interesting point, which is that about 95 to 98% of the launches are not actionable for the webmasters at all. So a lot of the stuff that comes through that happens in the background is stuff that we really can't do anything about. So regardless of how we want to be Agile and react to changes within the algorithm. Most of the changes that we're seeing aren't actually things that we can do anything about, or in the, in this case, need to do anything about. His stress and Google's stress has always has been. Commit to making the best possible content you can, and people will find it. So it's. I, I thought it was kind of interesting, just, just from the standpoint of, you know, we're all pretty hyper aware of everything that goes on. We all, in the industry, we spend a lot of time watching the the, the Mozcast to see if there's fluctuations. In the, in the algorithm or we look for changes and things like that and everybody gets you know on edge when we start seeing things like that um, so this sort of puts that into sharp relief to really kind of understand that a lot of the stuff that you're seeing isn't something that you can actually do anything about or in fact need to do anything about and I think the, it also helps draw a line between being agile and being reactionary meaning that you have to be agile to succeed in SEO but you don't necessarily have to be at reactionary meaning that you, know, you, you have to you react with caution to any changes that you see,
0: yeah, I think that makes a lot of sense. I mean, it, it, some of the changes that you mentioned in the article that some of the changes that were small things, a small fix here, and you know maybe the next change is a small mm-hmm. fix over there for another country. Uh, so it makes sense you can't. Right, change or fluctuate your strategy right. based on small
1: changes. Yeah, and I think there's a good parallel here. Um, having worked in, in software production for many years, and uh, in working in the gaming industry as well, we would do patch notes, which were essentially we would compile all the many little changes that we made over the course of time, and then just basically release once a month or however often that it was required. Here's a list of all the small tweaks and changes, things like that, that you know we made to the software in this given time frame, and it didn't make sense to do each of those individually one at a little time and honestly if you were a player in the game again it's probably a similar number 95 to 98% of that stuff had absolutely no effect on your your, your enjoyment of the game or your interaction with the game anyway so um, I thought that was an interesting parallel just simply because it's I think people do get a little bit hung up on seeing all these changes even the ones that are published and you know even less, less so or less so the ones that aren't published but either way anytime we see something. Thing, we, we go into four on panic mode and the sky is falling and honestly, again, Google's whole point is make good stuff and people will find it.
0: Speaking of good stuff, uh, Burger King uh, came out in, in an article by Adweek, showed that Burger King came out with some new Snapchat ads shot entirely on Snapchat's spectacles and I'll be honest with you, I think it's really interesting. Yeah. <laughs> um, you, you guys can you can check out the ads uh, on our blog but I, I mean I think the, the spectacle technology has a lot of potential with it. I mean I, I think especially because advertisers are trying to find ways to advertise on Snapchat, mm-hmm. saying, hey, here's this technology that you can use that we're using and we're showing you in this cool way, not only gives users an incentive to go, oh, hey, this is cool technology. Maybe I should buy them or whatever. But I think it's also just more interactive and sort of puts you
1: into the, the headspace of whatever the brand is trying to sell you. Before the, the podcast started, we were talking a little bit just kind of about what what the state of wearables are is with respect to the Spectacles, the Google Glasses, that kind of thing. Because honestly, I've not heard a whole lot about either one of those mm-hmm. re- up until you know very recently. And I really expected with the Google Glass thing, even though it's sort of petered out, prohib- prohibitively expensive for the average person and somewhat clunky in its, you know, and it's a, it, uh, rollout. But I thought that would be a bigger market by now. And honestly, it's something that's sort of trickling in. And I, I think that's interesting because I don't know if that's a resistance to people wearing them or Mm -hmm. if it's a problem with the technology, not necessarily meeting up with people's expectations for what they're looking for. But yeah, I mean, certainly this opens up a whole new world for how these ads, you can structure ads or other entertainment. I think VR we talked a little bit about last week and the applications of VR in, in, you know, marketing are Unlimited at this point, they're really just limited by the fact that most people don't have access to <laughs> yeah. these, you know, these tools that you need to actually take advantage of the VR capabilities. But it, it's really cool to just see people experimenting with it. Another article, another example uh, in in the, in the ad, the, the, this article from Adweek that we're talking about, Sainsbury's, which is a British company, had some pretty neat stuff. Although this is the sound effects could could have been done better. But <laughs> you know, again, it, it's uh, it's it's always surprising to see and and Pleasing to see, you know, people doing cool things with new technology. Mm-hmm. I just am surprised that hey, nobody's buying a, a, for, for a, a pair of uh, spectacles for ads. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and I think that's kind of we need to find a way to make those really enjoyable to the cl- you know and, and appealing to the public without you know using ads to push them in this way. So, um, you know, it, it's it's a, it's a burgeoning industry and it's a, bur- a burgeoning form of media, but I don't think it's there mm-hmm. yet.
0: Yeah, I, I agree. I, I completely agree. I, I think there there just needs to be more leaps and bounds. Maybe make them cheaper, make them more useful. I, I, I mean, I think you know it's cool, mm-hmm. but I, I feel like until they really bust out of there. They're, it's it's going to be stuck. Uh, for our final story, Business Insider did a report on YouTube and their six-second mm-hmm. ads. And basically, uh, it found that uh, 90% of advertisers saw a lift in ad recall uh, after uh, YouTube tested about 300 mobile companies, no, mo- I'm sorry, mobile campaigns uh, who were using six-second ads, mm-hmm. which I think is pretty interesting. The idea was that this study would hopefully ease some concern that six-second ads just weren't long enough to be effective, which I think is a a decent concern. I mean, the ones we saw from Fox and the ones we we talked about last week with YouTube seemed relatively effective, I Mm -hmm. think and then they also saw that there's been a 70% quarter over quarter increase uh, since quarter 1 of this year and i don't know i think it's I- interesting to say Well the least.
1: yeah i, mean, I think it, the thing here is to just consider the timing when we talked about last week that facebook is actually i'm sorry that excuse me that youtube is actually advertising their own advertising platform on their services that this that this study magically came out in the same <laughs> time frame that how effective these ads can be so let's just you know think about the timing and uh, you know, how fortuitous it might be for that information, but I think we do know that YouTube advertising you know, can be very effective and we know that it's going to get better as more and more people consume media on this platform again, if you listen to this podcast at any given time, you'll know that Len is a huge proponent of that and that you know his understanding with his kids is just watching them use YouTube in this way. So I don't think that that habit's going to go away anytime soon. It's only going to get wor- you know stronger and, and, and become more of the norm. So it's kind of funny to like, listen to YouTube toot their own horn when we know that this is coming. So, yeah. uh, But the data, it's nice to see the data to back it up.
0: Yeah, it's great. Well, thank you everybody for tuning in to today's episode of the Comexis Cast Daily for more. Check us out tomorrow and every weekday for the latest trending news. Thank you.